Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show where you'll learn to transform your heartbreak into happiness. I'm Sarah Davison and I'm here as your trusted guide to help you every step along the way. Now, on today's episode, we're diving into what to expect from your breakup. And we're going to cover from the initial shattering split, moving all the way through to finding heartfelt happiness and the five stages of grief that you go through. Now, breakup is often referred to as the second most traumatic life experience we go through after the death of a loved one. So this is why the five stages that follow a breakup are identical to those of grief. Now, by knowing what to expect, you're going to get some more clarity, and this will help you to manage your emotions better. Remember, clarity gives you power. Because what it does is it shows you where you are in this roller coaster of emotions, what you've already been through, and what to expect is coming up for you, which will give you more focus and a deeper understanding so you can start to take your power back and feel good again. So, what are these five different stages? Well, the first one is denial, when we think this isn't happening to me. We stuff it down and we ignore signs. For example, I had a client a few years ago who found an Ann Summers receipt in her husband's jacket pocket. A bit of a cliche. Uh, Ann Summers is quite a raunchy underwear uh, retailer. Now, she was more of a Marks and Spencers kind of girl. If you know what that means, it's a British superstore, which is quite traditional, let's say. So she was surprised to see this receipt in the jacket pocket, and it did stun her for a while. And obviously her suspicions were raised. But what she did was she rationalized it in her mind. Christmas was coming up. So she thought maybe, just maybe, her husband had been very prepared. That was out of character, but maybe this time he was prepared. And he'd gone ahead and bought her some underwear for her Christmas present. So she waited. She didn't mention it to anyone. She didn't mention it to him. And she waited. Christmas came and went. You've got it. She didn't get the underwear as a gift. But then her birthday was coming up in February. So she thought, well, maybe he's going to give it to me in February. And again, her birthday came and went. But during this time, she hadn't told anybody. Now, you might think, looking in from the outside, that that's quite a strange behavior. But the reason we do it is because if we admit that something is real, if we admit that there may be a problem, that something just doesn't add up, then it becomes a reality for us. And it's almost like we give it weight and it might come true. So what we do is we don't talk about it. It's also our body's way of protecting us from emotions that we're not quite ready to face. Maybe you're not strong enough at the moment. Maybe it's just too much for you to comprehend. It takes a little while for those feelings of insecurity, those suspicions to settle to a point where you're ready to address it. The reason people don't talk about it to other people, even close friends and families, that it suddenly makes it a lot more real. So we don't. We stuff it down and we carry on and we ignore it. 
Now, that denial means that we just carry on as normal and we just pretend everything's okay. So that's the denial stage. The second stage is when we move into anger. Now, this could be anger as big as rage. Quite often, divorce lawyers will get me involved when their clients are stuck in anger because it can be a very paralyzing state to be in purely because it stops us moving forward. A client recently was so upset and angry with her ex because he'd moved on very quickly with somebody she knew. And obviously, this was extremely painful for her. But her way of coping in these early days was just utter rage towards him, which meant she was refusing to respond to legal letters. She was refusing to sign documents. And it was really slowing down the whole process. Now, ultimately, the person that was suffering most was her. She was torturing herself, and it meant that she couldn't move on. They hadn't reached a financial agreement, which just put her in a difficult position, but she couldn't see a way through because the anger was blinding. Now, for some of you, you may not be angry people. So this is a stage that you might think, oh, I don't know if I really got angry. I know that when I went through my divorce, people were saying to me, why are you angry? Get angry but I very, very rarely get angry. So it wasn't a natural state for me. What I found was that manifested on a slightly different scale, whereas the anger became more stress and fear rather than anger towards the person that was upsetting me or hurting me. So when you think about you, actually try and think if you're not experiencing that real anger, and a lot of you will be, then it might be manifesting as stress, anxiety, maybe frustration or annoyance but it will be there. So check out for those signs, okay? So at this stage, you might be saying, how dare you? Why are you doing this? You might be worked up about the situation, but just be careful that this doesn't keep you stuck because anger is one of these stages where people can get very, very stuck. And if you don't deal with it, even if you move on through this emotional roller coaster of the five stages, you may well come back to anger if you haven't resolved it fully. The third stage is bargaining. Now, this is when we question why. What if we've done things differently? Blaming yourself for things. Asking what I call hamster wheel questions that take you round and round and round, but never actually move you forward. For example, what's wrong with me? Why aren't I good enough? Why don't they love me anymore? What if I'd done this instead of that? What if I'd said this at that time? Would it have made a difference? It means your self-confidence will be hit and sometimes at rock bottom. So interestingly, what we do as human beings at this stage is we do absolutely anything to hang on to this relationship. Now, even if we know that we are in an unhealthy relationship, that it isn't working, that our partner doesn't want us, we will try and change things to keep the status quo. So maybe we'll do things like, being our best self around our partners and making more of an effort with our appearance, cooking their favorite meals, uh, doing little things that you know they like, doing things to maintain it, even though we know that it's painful and they don't want to be there. So this is a really interesting phase because as human beings, we don't like change. So what we do is we will compromise our values, our morals sometimes, forgive things that really normally we would never consider forgiving. I've got many clients who've been stuck in this phase where their partners had an affair, but 
and they know they want to get out and they don't like the fact they've had an affair and it violates so many of their values and morals on so many different levels. And yet they still stay in the relationship at this point because they're saying that actually, I don't know what's out the other side here. So I'm gonna to stay to something that hurts me and I'm not happy with because I'm afraid of what's around the corner, the unknown. Now this is a natural human behavior. We as a whole don't like change. So we shy away from change and even sacrifice ourselves and our own standards and our values to stay somewhere where actually it could be causing us pain. Now actually clinging to your old life like that and making these compromises isn't always sustainable. Sometimes it can work and you can rebuild the relationship, but very often those changes you make become such big sacrifices that ultimately the relationship cannot survive that. The fourth stage is depression. Now, this is when you have very low energy, you're very sad, maybe feeling a bit numb. You might even be all cried out at this stage or you might be sobbing a lot, but please know that this is part of the grieving process. You have to go through that depression to come out the other side. It's part of letting go of your ex. It's part of grieving the end of a relationship that meant so much to you. Now, I see so many clients that come to me who have been diagnosed with depression. Now, this is normal. Please know this. Many clients will say to me, well, that's it. I'm depressed. As if it's a label that they've now got for the rest of their lives. But it isn't, I promise you. It is actually this very difficult part, the bottom of the roller coaster, if you like, where you may have very low energy, want to stay in bed, pull the duvet over your head and just eat crisps, okay? That might be where you're at at this stage. But know that's okay. Know that is to be expected and know that that is a healthy way of grieving the relationship because you will come out the other side. It doesn't last forever. So even if you have been diagnosed with depression, you still have that choice. Remember that choice where you are at a crossroads. You can either choose to stay down with your breakup, to be sad, to be depressed, to drag this breakup forward with you in your life as a gray cloud that hangs around you all the time. Or you choose to step up. You choose to say, okay, this is tough but I just have to power through this, dig deep, deep breaths. I know it hurts. There's going to be some pain here, but I know there's a happy future for me ahead. I can move from heartbreak to happiness. And this is part of the grieving cycle. So do you see how understanding this stage is actually a natural part of the loss cycle that you go through? Gives you that clarity to know that it's okay. There's not something wrong with you. You've not gone crazy or loopy. It's actually part of what you need to go through to come out the other side, to be able to move on, to feel happy and good again. After that depression, you kind of come up the roller coaster and you gain your energy back and you move towards the fifth and final stage, which is known as acceptance. Now, in acceptance, this is where you've accepted that the relationship is over. You know that you're not going back maybe because your ex won't have you back, but you've come to accept that and you have taken off the rose tinted glasses and you are seeing the old relationship for what it was. Now, 
how do you move forward from acceptance? This is a really interesting point. And this is where so many people get stuck. Are you stuck in acceptance? This is where you're kind of over the relationship, but you don't know how to let go to move forward to that future that you're excited to live. And what that means is the future looks like one of two things. Either it's a blank canvas and there's nothing on it, no color whatsoever, or it's represented by just a black hole with no light. And that's what keeps you stuck because your focus is still very much on the present and the past. Even though you may have come to terms with it, even though you may have moved through some of that grief and come out the other side, it's very easy at this stage to slip back because you haven't created a compelling future that you want to move towards. So that is what we're going to discuss over the next upcoming episodes. We're going to talk about how you can throw color on that blank canvas. We're going to talk about how you can shine a light into that black hole and illuminate it to become a future that you are truly motivated and excited to live. Now, this is possible. You can do this. Going through this roller coaster of emotions is really tough. And on top of that, you're having to make life-changing decisions about where you're going to live, how much time you spend with your kids, how you're going to create an extra income stream, maybe so many, so many decisions you're going to have to make at a time where you're going through these five stages of grief on this emotional roller coaster. So don't beat yourself up. It is part of the natural healing process. As you move through it, you get closer to reclaiming your power. And every step forward you take every day is making you stronger and putting you back in the driving seat to navigate forward through to a future that you are truly happy to live. Thank you for listening to today's episode and allowing me to help guide you from your heartbreak to your greatest happiness. I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review in iTunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day, including exclusive one-on-one coaching with Sara Davison herself. Be sure to head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Sara's gift. Then join us on the next episode.